Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you do. Thank you for joining us on another episode. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. I am your host, Nina, and I want to give a warm welcome to my co-host, Liz. Thank you, Nina. You can give us a warm welcome by liking and subscribing if you're watching from the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on the pod directories, Pandora, Google Play, iTunes, give us five stars or leave a comment. Thank you guys. We appreciate that. It's free. (laughs) So on this dreary, rainy day, um, what is your quote of the week, Liz? So my quote for this week is, failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. And basically, no one can achieve success without failure. So don't allow those low times to discourage you from moving forward. I love that. And my quote this week is, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Amen. And that is a quote from the wonderful Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, once we start getting into these current events, we'll see how we may just perish as fools, Liz. Damn, this has been a crazy news week, right? Yeah, it's been like all over the place. Oh my gosh, what is our first story? Do you want to dive into uh, to your story here about the White House? Yes, 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 yes. Corinne, Corinne Jean-Pierre is the new White House press secretary. She is a black woman, also a part of the LGBTQ community. I'm not sure exactly which letter is hers yet, but she's cute. <laughs> Have you seen her? I haven't. No, I have it. I'm I'm calling her spirit a bit with my hair. We, she has like very short kind of twists, you know, hairstyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she's really cute. Um, so many people had amazing things to say about her. I just wanted to read a little bit. So effective May 13th, Jean Pierre currently serves as uh, Jen Saki, <laughs> Deputy Press Secretary. Um, so she is now taking over for Saki. And she's been uh, working in the Biden administration for the first 16 months. She will be the first black and first LGBTQ uh, full-time press secretary in White House history. So one thing I could definitely say about Biden is that his cabinet is very diverse. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a a lot of different types of people in there of all walks of life. She alone is representing three groups. You have her representing women, mm-hmm. uh, the LGBTQ, and African American community. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. that last name, I'm not exactly sure where she's from, but she might be some like Caribbeanish kind of. It could be. She could be Haitian. Yeah, that would be amazing, mm-hmm. especially considering yeah. how the U.S. treats Haitians. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, just give a quote from what Biden had to say about her. Corinne not only brings the experience, talent, and integrity needed for this difficult job, but she will continue to lead the way in communicating about the work of the Biden-Harris administration on behalf of the American people. Jill and I have known and respected Corinne a long time, and she will be a strong voice speaking for me and this administration. I love it. I'm excited to hear more about her. Yeah. I want to know, like... Are we single? Like, are we single out there in DC? Because that's about what? Two hour ride? That's a day trip. Listen, Corinne, holla at me. Let's shoot your shot, man. I'm shooting it. So, if anybody knows Corinne, only shots are not. The only shots not shot are the ones not taken. Right. Something like that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I love that. And it was a nice story amongst a lot of chaos that has been happening this week. So that was definitely one that we wanted yeah. to fill in there. Awesome. Um, and that will lead us to our second story, which was not so much a good news story, but um, Kevin Samuels, 57 years old, was uh, found dead. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh my 
I don't wish death on anyone. Let's, let's put course, that first, you know. Course. Rest in peace, honestly. I just think it was just so bizarre. Like, so so the story is that he linked, he had like he linked up with this sneak, sneaky link type woman, mm -hmm. and and he had chest pains, and he he died like on top of her, no, on top of her. How you know? We can only assume. Yeah. Um, but you know. He wasn't known for like this carry. I don't want to like sugarcoat. He was an asshole. I don't, yeah. We all know him for that. You know, he was very controversial and and he was a woman basher and and so you know, though I don't wish death on him and I'm not. I don't think it's funny. I just think it's funny how he he, he his most notorious uh, controversial statement that he said was, single women over the age of 35 were like leftovers, right? And so, but he died with a leftover. And not married, so I don't. Is that karma? I know. Like this is the thing about him is, you know, you got to be careful how you start in the game is how you end. Yeah. And I wasn't surprised to see all of the kind of fanfare around the fact that this guy was dead, like dead. It's awkward. Season, yeah, 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 yeah. I and agree. It feels weird. Like I don't agree to that. I didn't spend my time commenting on videos and saying, you know, like, oh, happy he's dead. Um, but he was a self-proclaimed relationship expert. He didn't have any degrees behind his name. He didn't have any work experience behind his name in the information that he was giving. And a lot of the information that he was giving, in my opinion, was very divisive. Yeah. And actually pit the two sexes against each other instead of more of an understanding of He was dangerous for, for, for women because he, a lot of men looked up to the, his bull. And, you know, and, and they cheered him on. Like, if you read the comments and stuff, and, and, you know, if you follow him on TikTok or whatever, you read the comments, it was crazy yeah. how much men of today's day and age agreed with his, you know, theology of how, how women should be and how they shouldn't be. And, and you know, so I don't know. It, I just find, I find, I know he's in, wherever he's at in the afterlife, he's, kick, he's kicking the dirt right now because he did not want to go down like this. No. You know what I mean? Like he he spoke so harshly against women, and to have died with someone he had just met on the internet or however he met her through the social apps, and for that story to have been told, yeah, it's it's actually pretty crazy and almost fitting. <laughs> I know. In a way, it's almost fitting because it's like, well, if women over thirty five are leftovers. What is a single man over 57? Right. Or 57? But a sneaky link. What the hell are you? But you know what? They, they also were saying that he just didn't like women and that he may have been secretly gay. And, and that's, that, that's another thing that people... women so harshly. And they were saying most, that he was a misogynist, which he was, but mostly against the, um, the black the mm -hmm. black women, which he was, but I, I watched a few videos where he degraded white women. <laughs> so I don't think, he, you know, I think it was against black women mostly because that was his fan base. You don't see a lot of white women following him in order for him to attack them. I just think he, he was a misogynist against all women. But the black women got it the most because they were the ones who would do those interviews with him. Yeah. So he was able to yeah. attack them more, you know? So rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Um, it's been interesting. Yeah, that was that was. I, I couldn't believe it when I seen that. I was like, whoa, what? And then when they told when the story leaked on how he passed and who he passed with, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I no. think it's just it's so crazy to me how with no education in therapy or no like at what point in his life did he decide that he was a relationship expert well he put on a suit and tie yeah and people he, felt and, he and that's the thing eloquently and he went from going <laughs> to being a stylist he was a stylist oh expert. really he was a stylist into being a relationship expert so as he's styling people he was probably spitting his stuff and somebody was like oh you need a podcast yeah and then he took that and ran with it. But you you reap what you sow. Your image is everything. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, he has a family. You don't know how he was with it. No, we don't. We don't. Because he didn't share any of that with us. Mm -hmm. He didn't share the softer side of us. He didn't share the redeemable qualities yeah. about him. Yeah. He didn't. He purposely didn't. He had plenty of time to do that. Yeah. He had plenty of time to turn course and try to make amends or say anything positive. 
but he chose yeah. deliberately not to because that's how he knew he kept your eyes. And that's how he gained success. Exactly. That's if we sat success. here, if we, if you and I sat here and we dogged people, I mean dogged them into the ground, we would have three times the amount of viewers. Absolutely. Just like the Wendy Williams model, all of that. Yeah. You go with that route, you yeah. have to kind of realize yeah. though what comes with that. You're gonna have a lot more haters. Yeah. You're gonna have a lot more people attacking you. And like in Kevin Samuel's case, if anything happens to you, not even saying something extreme like death, trust and believe everybody is going to be mocking you while you're on your knees. Absolutely. And what's scary is, is that, you know, like I said, there's so many men who agreed with him and, for, and, and, and treated women the way he treated. Because when you look up to someone and you idolize that person, right, you, you tend to imitate that. Right. So how many men went on imitating his behavior for him to end up dying in a manner of what he was against? Being with a single woman. Who well, then the again, who knows? I mean, for a man, it's probably fine. I'm sure. No, no. Yeah, from, from his standpoint. But, but then again, if you're so against the, that type of woman, your last hour was spent with someone that you shitted on. Yeah, that probably life. didn't even, wasn't a 10 on your scale. Yeah. Like, he loved giving ratings. Yeah. And she probably was not a 10. Right, the, the, the oh yeah. You know, and then the biggest thing is that you're guiding people in relationships. Mother effing, you ain't even got one. And if you do have one, you're cheating. So how, I like to know, how are the men who were following him and thought so highly of him, what do they think? And how how would this change their way of thinking or will it? I don't know. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I feel like when you believe or when you want to do bad, you're going to pick out every piece of information that you can that will you that you can use as an arsenal for bad. So that that could mean you taking a Bible verse and flipping it for your good. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I find, yeah. I feel like if they don't, if it's not him, it'll be somebody else like Joe Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. There will be somebody else. But there's an empty seat. Like, well, like you said, there's an empty right. seat. Someone needs to fill it. Someone will fill it. And then those same people will just follow that, that lead. You know what I mean? So it's a vicious cycle. But it's just interesting to see how his last days with them, you know? Yeah. I wonder if she was a 10, like you said. I wonder. I just wonder. I wonder. Like, did he go down happy or was he like, no, take it for the night? <laughs> you know what else I wonder about? Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. This is a hot mess. Yeah. And I think some people kind of knew that this was coming. We knew that the Republicans have been doing all kinds of bills, right? Yeah. There have been a lot of different push with CRT with a bunch of nonsense. So it, it wasn't a, a, like a huge shock, but still very yeah. shocking. Very shocking. Yeah. So as you know, if you've picked up, uh, if you've opened up your phone at all, <laughs> you should know that um, there was a leak within the Supreme Court, um, I guess, assembly? The justice, yeah. The justices. Um, there was a leak, and it uh, they leaked out that Roe versus Wade may be overturned because of um, some like draft summaries that they had found. So um, I guess someone in the inner circle wanted the general public to know that this was something that they were working on and that this is what's coming. Yeah. Now, the word isn't official yet. We haven't heard anything from the Supreme Court saying absolutely, yes, this is going to happen. But the language in the letter pretty much tells right, us right. that this is what's, this is what's coming. coming. Um, actually, it was a leak from Justice Samuel Alitos from his draft opinion. And he... Oh, yeah. It was his draft opinion, but we don't know exactly yeah. where the leak came from. Right. We don't know if they're investigating who leaked it. However, but it was it was Samuel Alitos. Um, who I found, um, just by digging a little bit, that he has a strong Catholic belief. And so I wonder if he's going by his own personal religious beliefs to push upon these new laws on women's bodies, you know? Which is against the law, separation of church and state, which, yeah. But So you're not supposed to be bringing in your, I shouldn't have to follow your religious guidelines. Right. This is America. We have freedom of religion here. 
And for me to be a victim of your religious beliefs are absolutely ridiculous. Right. I give you the room to have your religious beliefs, but in no way, shape, or form absolutely. am I um, do I have to live by your personal religious right. beliefs. You live by your own beliefs, right? Right. So whatever you believe, that's how you live your life. And if you want to sell that in your children until they're an adult age, and that, that's what you do. But when you're handling the masses, you know, it doesn't, there's a thin line and you just can't cross it. You and know? we all have our own religious freedoms. Absolutely. And well, one of those freedoms is not having any religion at all. Right. Well, the, in, even in the Bible, in, your, in those Catholic Bibles, it clearly says God gave us free will. So who are you to push your rules and your mandates onto another person? When God himself, if you believe in God, said, I give you free will. And so we are allowed to commit and do whatever we want. Do we have to answer it? Answer, to, you know, yes. To our, yes. But again, it's our will to commit whatever we, you know. That's why there's laws, right. you know, in place to keep things in check. But when it comes to human rights, when it comes to a woman's body, your religious beliefs should have no say over that, you know. And Roe versus Wade was like the landmark decision that granted protection for women's rights, you know, um, to an abortion. So overturning those rights, it's not going to criminalize it, but it'll give every state um, the chance to regulate those laws. Yeah. Those, and each state will determine whether it's going to protect and expand abortion laws or if it's going to just completely prohibit abortions in its entirety. So one state might be able to, might be able to have abortions up to a certain amount of weeks. Another state right next to it, well, you're not allowed to have an abortion at all. So women will have to travel depending on where they live. So, yeah, this know. is one of those rulings that's considered a trigger law. So once this law is triggered, if they say that Roe versus Wade is unconstitutional and in fact women cannot have abortions, that will trigger not just um, the states to, like you were explaining, uh, like the states to make a decision, but it also will trigger other laws that have used this law as the basis, um, you know, of the of the foundation yeah. for the argument. So. That means that gay marriage bills, that means that um, interracial relationships, yeah. that means that trans rights, some voting rights, there are a lot of things almost like a domino effect, exactly. And um, I didn't read the entire letter that came from the Supreme Court, a lot of legalese, you know, I wasn't going to get through that. But the um, synopsis of it that different reporters have um, been given has basically said that it's not necessarily just the abortion part that they're really after. Yeah. It's the gay, it's everything that has to do gay, trans. Um, like I said, there were some voting rights. Yeah. This is an attempt for, this is, this is being described as the last, one of the last kicks of that old white male power. Right. What they're attempting to do, because abortion rights are very popular in this country. I think the statistics said that like in the 20s or 30 percentile of people who are against us having these rights. So what they're doing is they're trying to maintain power even though they're the small group. Yeah. And they're becoming successful. Yeah. And this all started because Trump snuck in so many judges before he left. And people were before wondering why. Left. And or they, they weren't even wondering. People just didn't care. A lot of people don't follow, you know, and they don't understand what's going on. But then you come across, you know, things like yeah. this, where your rights are being taken away from you. You're like, oh, wait, I, I heard something about that. And this is what people were screaming about when they were complaining about Trump. It wasn't just the things that were out in the headlines, the things that he was, he was saying. We knew that they were working on a larger plan. First of all, he did think he was gonna win that second term. Roe versus Wade, a lot of these different laws, they were already going to come under attack. And this is what we said when he was running. This is what Hillary Clinton told you was going to happen. Hillary Clinton said that this was going to happen. 
And now here we are. He's not even in power, but the damage is done. And here we are. Yeah. So, so the importance of Roe versus Wade is um, it is the federal, this is the federal guidelines for abortion rights. And this is basically, you know, the capital. Um, so that states aren't allowed to go over these rights. Right. So this is in place and this is how they have to follow. So if they remove that, that floor, that, you know, that pillar, then they have, they can sneak in whatever they want. And yep. so this is why they're, they're so, they're so, uh, you know, pushing forward the overturn. Yeah. And if you so. live in states like Texas and you live in states like Florida, this is a very scary thing. If you live in a state like New Jersey, we're not that worried. Yeah, we're not that worried. More than likely, New Jersey will be a safe haven state where people will have to actually come in and travel here to get these types of health care options. And let's not be confused, people. Abortions are not going to stop for people who have the means and access. This damages people who do not have the means and access. Absolutely. And it is a direct attack against middle class and working class yes. women, poor women. Because I've seen, I read that too. People have resources, have resources. Absolutely. They're not going to go without. It's no. Not, it's a middle class. And like you said, the people who are in poverty that's going to suffer. And those are the children that end up in foster care. And if you ask anyone um, who's against abortion, what have they done for, you know, for the foster care system? What, what are they fighting for, you know, for their rights? And they have done absolutely nothing. They care about these babies until they find out the baby's trans, unless the baby's black, if the baby is... Out of utero, so, this, the minute that baby comes into this world and that baby goes into their foster care, those children are neglected yeah. and abandoned. No, no one cares about they that. They don't care. That. But they just want no. to control and to manipulate the rights of women. And we've been fighting for our rights for decades. So this is just another way of them, like you said, ma maintaining control and power. And another piece, of this, another piece of this that I don't want to go under the radar is that this will trigger different privacy laws that we have in place that we're riding on the Roe versus Wade argument. So this could affect some digital privacy laws that we have. Like this is a big deal yeah. and it's going to act like a domino effect. So it's going to be kind of scary to see what happens in the weeks and months to come. But we in it together. I don't know, but uh, you know, they're worrying about fetuses and women's bodies, but we have um, Massachusetts laws that allow 12 year olds to get married with parental consent. 12 year old girls can get married to 14 year old boys with parental consent. And in the state of California, there's no set minimum age. Um, there's no law banning child marriage. Uh, you know, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I did so, not even know that. There's different states. Um, other states start at the age of 13 and up, but um, Massachusetts starts at 12. And California doesn't have an age limit. No one cares about that. No one's concerned about those children who were once in utero, who are now here. They're not being protected. No one cares about that. So why are, why are they so concerned about these children being born? Because once they're born, they're put into the system. They're not protected. Right. Right. They're not protected. My question, this is one of my questions about this. How, it is crazy to me that the United States of America even has a conservative Supreme Court. This is the United States of America. If anything, you should be figuring out how we can get more rights. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who, they just don't really understand diversity and people's lives like the different things at, and from my job you know what i deal with every day on a daily i've seen so much mm -hmm. you know and as i you know i do believe in god and i do consider myself a christian and but i don't force my personal beliefs on other people and i've seen women come into and girls come into my office who were um sexually assaulted victims of you know sexual assault a 14-year-old girl who was kidnapped, held against her will, and was raped by multiple men, and she didn't know who the father was, and so she was in, you know, to have an abortion. When you take away those rights, you're taking away the only piece of power, power that the victim has yeah. over the situation. And it's just not fair. There's more to it than just two people who had sex, and now they don't want to 
deal with their with their um, consequences. It goes beyond that. There's medical issues. A woman who had who, you know may have gotten diagnosed with cancer needs treatment, or she's gonna die, and she already has four other children. By terminating that pregnancy, can save her. Yes. Some women choose not to. They they choose to give birth and they die because they didn't get the treatment that they need. There's just or children who are going to be born deformed and and bed. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. And I think we have this image of abortion like it's just a whole bunch of black and Latino women that are 17, 16 years old, 18 yeah. years old who got in trouble because they had sex with their boyfriend and they weren't supposed to. No, abortions are mostly had by women who already have one child. And know that because of their socioeconomic situation, they cannot afford the second, third, or whatever the case. Typically, abortions are happening with women who have already successfully delivered one child. Yeah. So it's like the way that we think about it is such a stereotypical way. It's like so all the stories reasons. we've seen in movies and all the things that politicians say, it jumbles our mind. In, and it doesn't allow us to see the actual reality of the situation. This is not something that, you know, most people do lightly. This is not something that most people are doing for kicks or using yeah. as contraceptive. That is not the case. Is that is that a percentage? I'm sure. There's an outlier for everything. Yeah. But for the most part, this is a very difficult decision that a woman should make for herself. There is, if we want to talk about prevention... Why are we uh, creating laws and bills around what men do? Right. We don't do that. We don't have mandatory vasectomies for child predators. We don't have child. any laws on the books. Birth like the Kamala Harris, that famous Kamala Harris quote that's been going around on social media. Are there any laws that you can think of that legislates a man's body? No. No. Not one. Not one. Do you think that's a coincidence? No. Women are a second-class citizen in this country still, even white women. Yeah, women in general. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it doesn't matter, you know? It doesn't matter if, if it's from two consenting people who, who slipped up and, and got pregnant right. down to an assault victim. It, it's none of your business. It doesn't affect your life in any way, shape, or form. It really doesn't. And um, this is coming from the same people who were screaming about having to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, from the right, it yeah. blows my mind. It blows my mind. We see you hypocrites. I'm calling you out. We see y'all. Yeah. But, all right, that's enough of that because my high blood pressure is starting to... <laughs> It's starting to go. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the shows. <laughs> Listen, we actually we actually did, um, you know, the shows are on regular schedule now. We're on um, task. We're going to be focusing on 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day. Are y'all watching? It's actually starting to heat up. Because the first episode or two was kind of like corny. Yeah. I kind of fell asleep. It's kind of corny. Yeah. But it's starting to heat up now. Um, what do you think about uh, Guillermo and the Guillermo redhead? Guillermo and the redhead, because we don't know her name. <laughs> yeah, I have, does anyone know what the hell her name is? I feel, like, I feel like she's making a huge mistake with this guy. He's young. He has this idea of coming to America, you know, coming to the, the United States and, and uh, getting all these things. And she's like, I'm funding all of this. You don't have any money like this. Let's slow down. He's like, I'm here for the goods. So that's how he came off. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things about this 90 Day Fiance show in general is that America, the American participants are not doing a good enough job to explain how difficult it is here in the United States to live. Yeah. Like, what if you're dating someone from a country and you know how people think about this country... You need to be real with them. I, I live in the hood. But I, or I, I live think they, they leave that that smoky mirror because they want to draw people in. You can't be that. mad at somebody and then for they, being shot. And then they get mad. Yeah. And they're here and they're like, I want this, this, and that. Oh, they're like, you're using me. Right. When you use that, they they all do. They do. You come here and you'll have a great life. And that's what they use. And then when the person gets her, they're like, well, give me what you what you were offering, what you promised. Yeah, and the, you know, to pump me up for it, and, and so. Plus, 
if I lived in a country where all I had to do was get up, I had food on, uh, food on a tree, I had a goat in my yard. But that's, I the, didn't, that's like, the misconception of people that come from other countries. Americans, the United States, Americans, because America is way bigger than just the United right. States for you who don't. Yes know that and send other people back to america when where they're from but anyway they you know with the with the one guy who brought the girl that i'm from trinidad and he took her to the to the poor house to see if she really wanted him for his money whatever oh yeah yeah they have this misconception that people who live in other countries live poorly like you said right they live on a on a land of fruit and 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 it's a better life and, in and, some and, ways. And so I, I we are, we're we're Caribbeans. We have family that live mm -hmm. in the Caribbean, and I I never once visited any of my family members that lived like in the shack. And even if you did, you're never gonna starve, right? Even like, if you did, it's it's the norm for them. So it's not a poor life. Some of them do, of course. There's poverty in every country. We have right. it here. Um, but again, it's a comfortable life. It's a way of life for them. So to to think that they're gonna come here and not expect to still have a good life on on their terms yeah. of what their idea is up here in the United States is just it's very uneducated on the person's part that lives here. Mm -hmm. You know, very. yeah, you're just uneducated because just because they come from an island or they come from the Middle East or wherever doesn't mean that they live poorly. Yeah, and they're also giving up all of their friends and family. Yeah. You know, for this life that you're selling them, and then you bring them to U-Haul or to Utah on your parents' farm, and there's nothing to do. All right. of the things that you, you know, yeah. But that kind of brings us to uh, what is it? Jabri, Jabri, and Miona. Girl, he's, listen, yeah, he, he's definitely he's doing this all wrong. He is doing this all wrong. This girl, first of all. The girl is spoiled where she's at. <laughs> like, she's spoiled in her home country, clearly. Right. So the fact that you thought that this girl, in particular, fashionista, right. you know what I mean, living a high life where she already is, wants to live on a ranch <laughs> with your parents is bugged out to me. And then he's going to yeah. get mad at her and they're going to continue to get into fights about this. And it's like... Well, well, technically, bro, yeah. you slowed her down. If anything, right. you brought her to an area where it's way slower than she's even used to living where she's at. Right, absolutely. And but he put on this facade. You know, he has the he has the look of the life that she would want. Right, right. Because he dyes his hair blonde, he wears these clothes, he's tatted. You would think he was from L.A. or from New York, and he's like lives off this farm where there's no other people yeah. around. Yeah, he's no a weirdo where he's at. So, <laughs> and she's, but she's being honest. Like this yeah. isn't the life I want, you know. So I don't she's see. I'm very honest. I, she might come and she might marry him, but will she stay long term? I don't think so. Listen, the funniest line of the last episode was when Mama said, "It's edible." <laughs> talking <Right>. about <laughs> Jab Jabri and Miona made a meal for mom and dad and mom's response was it's edible it's edible because she gave them rules she's like if you're going to be staying here you have to clean and that you have to provide these one meal a week and so and you know Miona was like fine yeah we'll do that And but she can't cook to say right she's spoiled like they both said. can't cook because rubbery chicken there's no right <laughs> um, what about Kobe and Emily that was cute. Oh, we got a guy in Cameroon. Right. A cash is his son. And so on the way from the airport, uh, Emily was like, listen, I haven't, you know, had some intimacy for two years. How about we skip you meeting your son you've never met and get straight to the business? He was like, uh, he's holding. He, it was so funny. He's holding her panties, and she's telling him how she wants her buns done. He's like, "I really want to meet my son." Like, he's like, "I'm. We'll worry about that. You know, I want to meet yeah. my son." So, what did you think about that? I thought it was selfish on her part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you know that you're about to go back home and there's not going to be a babysitter in sight, the chances of you being able to like actually get away are probably slim to none or very limited. You wouldn't take that opportunity to just get in a little adult time. He was really insistent on seeing his son. And I'm pretty sure he made that very clear to her prior to coming. How bad he wanted to see his son. I thought that that was weird He's of him. He's a baby. You put that baby to sleep. 
And you handle your business. Let, Let that man see your son. son. Let that man see his son. He is going to see his son. But, but they're not going to have Could an you? opportunity to be adults. And if this relationship is yeah, going to last, regardless of whether they have a kid or not, they still have to address the fact of, do we still love each other? Like, is this something that we're going to do moving forward? So I thought that it was extremely appropriate for her to want to have, like, an adult night with him before. I don't think it was a horrible idea on her part. I see where she was coming from. But at the same time, you were able to carry this child. You were able to give birth to this child. You were able to raise this child for two years. He hasn't even smelt his son. Yeah. But he was going to the literally the following day. He didn't day. care about that. Yeah, he didn't care. And that that kind of makes me feel like he's not really that as much. He's probably her. doing what he's supposed to do as a father. Yeah. He's more concerned. You don't know what he was doing in his country. He probably was getting laid left and right. He's not worried about having intimacy with women. He's coming here because he now has a child. He wants to meet him. Yeah. No, as a parent, I agree with him. Let him see his son. We could put the baby to bed and have quiet sex later. I think it was telling for what's to come for their actual relationship. I think it was very telling. Also, for what's did to you come. did you see how she she um as mothers do she gained a lot of weight she with did. her pregnancy, which he had even mentioned. He noticed she mentioned it, so it was a big thing. It was a big difference. Like she used to be, you know, small. And now she's you know she's a mom. She got a mom bod, and so I wonder if that kind of. I think she gained a little up. more than a mom bod. She gained weight. She gained weight. She gained weight. She, yeah. She, um, she so I wonder if that has him taken aback. Like, he has that's, used, and, and that's it what. It was more like a one night stand with them. Like, yeah, they were partying, young. She's traveling and stuff like that. Um, so he, he has didn't to think reintroduce himself. You know, they both had to reintroduce themselves to each other. Right. Because that would be awkward. So he's probably just like, give me a second here. Like, she like, you better give me that Cameroonian D. I know she was all about the D. I'm not knocking her head. Get it, girl. Like, I, I hear you. But you've had that time with your son. Yeah. You were able to. It's not a big deal for you because you, like I said, she went through all those firsts with him. And she raised, she's raising him. He Let him get his first. Yeah. His first hug. His first smell. His first. And it was such a cute moment. He was in tears. I mean, it was, it was super cute. Yeah. I still feel like the parents are like. They're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Because if that didn't win them over, them seeing him break down in tears to see his son for the first time, he's got this big smile on his face. You can tell his heart is genuine. Yeah. He's not coming in there with any type of negativity, attitude, like half these people do. Um, so I think that that in combination with the fact that their relationship is probably not going to survive. I think when you're bringing someone over and you're... Um, what is it called? Uh, the K one. When you're bringing them over on a visa, but you're sponsoring them, right? You, that should be your bill, not your parents' bill, right? So she should have her own place to bring him home to, and not into her parents. And she knows where her parents are, so whether they approve this relationship, she knows whether they approve. And or half not. these don't people, put him in that position. Half these mean? people do exactly that. They move these people into their parents' home. It's wild. How many you're times not, have we listen, seen over the years that you're not this? going on vacation, get knocked up, come here, and then I have to sponsor your baby dad? That is Girl. not happening. That is not happening. You would have to be able to afford, you have to make a certain amount of money in order to even sponsor. Mm -hmm. So before you go on vacation and have unprotected sex with strangers and get pregnant, you better be making sure that you looked up the guidelines. And that you make enough to sponsor these people to bring them over. Listen. Because Mama Liz is not doing it. <laughs> um, that whole, I can have as much sex on vacation as I want to. We don't have to worry about anything. Right. Um, what about Binium and Ari? I like our, our own girl Ari from Princeton. Princeton, New Jersey. I like them. I'm rooting for them. Um, his family is very, they're too involved. His sisters are too, like, he's your brother, but he's not your man. Know your place. Yeah, that's true, but if he is a grown man, he needs to act like it. Right. I mean, he sits and watches these girls go back and forth. He's constantly quiet. He doesn't, I can't, yeah. that, I cannot 
stand that. Yeah. I cannot stand that, especially when it comes from men, because men are the first ones to tell you, I'm the man, I'm the leader of this house, I'm, I'm the... But you don't want to hand you don't want to handle anything, right? Now he doesn't really have that type of attitude, but I just feel like I feel like he's very he's very he tries not to. Stir he's the a punk, pot. yeah. He a damn punk, and he's afraid of confrontation. He cowers. Yeah. I think okay, this is the this one from what I see. He's been raised by very strong, overprotective women, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a father involved or brothers. You, you see a bunch of women on his side, and they're. They tend to protect him. It's a culture thing, I'm sure. Um, so when the people who he's grown up with now has a problem with the woman that he loves and has the mother of his child that he's going to marry, he doesn't know how because now he feels like he's stuck in the middle. So how do I tell them to calm down? And how do I protect her from the people that I love? But he needs to find a balance because he needs to check he, he does. Check them. And it's a character flaw in him because even the fact that he didn't tell his sisters that he was leaving. Yeah. That is a great indicator of your character. You're literally about to move to another country and you wait to the very last minute to tell the people who have been holding you down all your life that that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And then you allow these people to believe that some of this is coming from the person that you're with. And that to me is just puss on top of puss yeah. on top of puss. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, how do I get out of this? Do you know what I mean? The girl, <laughs> she was like, she, with the wine. I mean, first of all, that was so uncalled for. Our that wasn't she necessary. Was she was literally drowning. She didn't need to do that. And for real, for real, she's Our lucky woman. that Ari didn't swing on her. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't think. And that could have been a big brawl. Yeah. And homegirl is still from Jersey, yeah. even though she's from Princeton, which yeah. is a very ritzy area. Yeah. But she's still a Jersey girl, and you yeah. could have got it. I think she's pretty tough. She stands up for herself she for does. the most part. She calls her own. It's annoying she sometimes. Yeah. She does too much. Yeah, she does too much. Um, but I think when you're when you're backed up against the wall and you have a group of people against you, what, what do you do? Yeah. And also, like, whether you're with a man or a woman, um, you need... We need to be looking at the people that we partner ourselves with. If the people that you're with yeah. are going to stand by and allow their family to totally disrespect you and they do nothing about it, I don't know that that's the type of person that I want to partner myself with. And it will ultimately not. destroy your relationship. Absolutely, because if it's not the family, it's going to be coworkers, and then it's friends, and then it's, it's always something yeah. because you're puss on top of puss on yeah. top of puss. Yeah. It is so true, and it, you know, it does cause us a lot. Yes. So, in-laws, respect, in, like, learn your boundaries. Your sibling's spouse is not open game for you all, you know? And they're not your partner. I feel like people, in-laws, like to bully their sibling's spouse. Like, oh, if you want to be a part of you, don't deal with this. And it's just like, no, fuck you. Yeah. And then you're the bitch because you're yeah. standing up for yourself. You know what I mean? I should have to stand up for myself. Right. We should be treating each other as family. Absolutely. But since I have to defend myself because you're all bitches, excuse my language. It's like if you guys watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, you know? Teresa Judice and her brother and his wife. How really that? Watched. Oh my God. I you ever want to see yeah. this go bad when family just, they get in the middle of a marriage, they cause problems, and they're constantly saying, we family, we family. But you're not treating this person that married into the family right. like family. Right. You know? So, look, that, yeah. last week was good. Because yeah. we usually don't even really go on and on about the show. Yeah. But last week was actually yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, So, let us roll right into our topic today. As we know, we are celebrating a holiday. It is an amazing holiday. It's Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, Liz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are going to hear from my mom about the day that I was born. And hopefully she does not embarrass me too much. But I thought it would be cute to share the story and also thank yeah. my mom. And then you're going to tell us about one of your, one of 18 birthdays. <laughs> no, Liz, you only have four, right? I have four, but you know, I don't have any crazy stories. I was thinking, I was thinking no, I really don't have one. Yeah? I just... Gave birth. <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely get into that. It's called cousin Sandra. 
All right, so Liz, yeah, what, you remember the day I was born? Well, I don't know if you know, but we used to live with your grandmother. When your mother was pregnant uh, with you, my mother lived there with her four kids. And so I was very close to your mother when she was pregnant with you. I was like attached. I don't know if she even remembers this. Like, follow her all over, please. Um, when she was pregnant with you. And so I don't remember the day. I may have been in school. I don't remember like the day she left to give birth to you, but I remember her calling from the hospital, calling your grandmother's house. And I don't remember if it was my mother or your grandmother on the phone with Sandra, but I was like pulling on the cord, like, what does she look like? What is her name? I was like, and I got yelled at and shooed away. And that's that's my memory. Aw, yeah. that's so sad though. <laughs> Mom, that. do you remember little Liz living in the house when you were pregnant? for you to tell you know talk about the day that I was born and um, you know obviously I'm gonna thank you for that but it's just fitting as it being Mother's Day and stuff like that that we kind of like look back at that so yeah mom what do you remember from that day Um, what did you... 
And what did you what did you think when you got when you got to the hospital? What did you think you were having? Baby shower, everything was for a boy. Well, really? They were pretty much, I don't know, I think everybody had it already set because you came so fast and I had you at eight months. So you weren't oh, really, wow. I don't, I'm trying to remember how that, it was like multicolors. Okay. Yeah. Or Ricans. I know they bought you a lot of yellow stuff. <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, I got the Rivera voice. <laughs> well, 
Well, mom, thank you so, so much for telling that story. And thank you so much for being such an awesome mom and having to deal with my crazy self and, um, you know, oh, the day of my birth to <laughs> raise an amazing you know, person. You, know, you need to pick a, a moment where we can talk about from age one to five. Yeah, Ooh. no. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <"Boop>, boop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I was well, I love you, Mom, and happy Mother's Day. I will see you tomorrow. Happy Thank Mother's you. Day. Happy Mother's Day to you too, Lizzie Baboo. Love you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mom. Of course, baby. Bye. Bye. You know what's funny? cute. It's so cute. I love your mom. Like, love her to pieces. Um, I, I thought my second daughter was a boy, Brianna. I was never told she was a boy. They just couldn't tell me what she was. So I just assumed because I carried differently and I didn't gain as much weight that she was a boy. And her name was going to be Jose too. Oh, wow. <laughs> we just love them damn Jose. So uh, she was going to be a Jose Jr. Like like how you were going to be. And she didn't get named to the third day in the hospital. Um, I didn't name her Brianna. I, I wanted... It, I said, well, if, I'm, if I do have a girl, I wanted to name her Selena because Selena was big at that time and she had just got killed and... And so, but um, my sister and my friends named Brianna. They're like, no, Brianna's a hot name. You got name over. And Brianna hates her name, by the way. So, <laughs> I love that name. You know. So, yeah, I have four children, as you know, your cousins. Um, three girls and a boy. And they're uh, 27, 24, 20. And, and the boy's 15. So all amazing They're all people. blessings. And, you know, so I'm very grateful and blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was that like? Because I remember you as a young parent, but I don't actually remember any of the births. Yeah. What was the, what was like, did you have any difficult births or were there any where, I don't have like any crazy stories. No, really? I, I pushed those babies out with like five minutes. Like, what? I don't have, I swear to you, the, the labor was long, like 20 plus hours oh, of wow. contractions and all that. But when it came time to push, I even remember telling the doctor, like, can you wake me up? when it's time to push and so or they will be like um it's time to push you're you're at 10 now and they will be waking me up and i'm like oh can you grab my legs because i can't feel them and so they would throw my legs up and then just be like a couple of pushes and you know they would come out my son he was broad and he was big and my, and my father-in-law was down the hall and he said he could hear me screaming and giving oh. birth to him. He was the most difficult because he was brought, he was a big, he was nine, three, tw almost 23 inches long. So, wow. Um, the doctors had to do, you know. Yikes. I know me yeah. and my brother, um, we were both, we were definitely both under seven pounds. Really? Yeah. My mom said, what she just said, I was six. Six or seven, yeah. And I think Marcel was the same. So breach is when you're coming out the wrong way, yeah. right? Yeah. Marcel was born with the cord around no. his neck. Yeah. So she had my mom actually had two difficult oh, wow. pregnancies, and she's a very small, petite woman. Yeah. Um. So that was already kind of kind of be difficult yeah. because she is so tiny as a person. Um. But yeah, she had two rough. Wow. No, I remember one time that one of the doctors was like. As I'm laying there with no bottom line, they're checking. They're like, oh, you got nice, big, wide hips. Those babies are going to come right out. And I was just like, okay. And, but it's true. They said, Puerto Rico. But you know, there's a lot of stitches after that, though. But yeah, I don't have any crazy stories. I just, you know, gave birth and came home. So what, if you could have anything... Maybe not, you know, this Mother's Day because I'm asking you right now. But if you could have anything for Mother's Day, what what do you usually want? I know every mother is a little different. Are you more for the gifts? Are you more for, like, the parties? Or are you more for, like, solitude? Every year is different. Every, honestly. One year, I don't want anyone in my face. I want to be in my room. Just slide the food under the door and I'm good. <laughs> Other days, I'm like, let's do something. Let's have a big... And I'm the one cooking. I'll cook up a storm, have everyone come over. Uh, this year, I was just like, I would make some plants for the porch. That's it? You know, my mom has always been like that. She's never really been one that's been like, I need to have this party or there's this big ticket item that I want or whatever. Like last year, my mom told me to make her something. Yeah. And I'm like, 
like macaroni art? Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you what did she like, on the kitchen? Um, she just meant anything. Like, if I wanted to do a macaroni art, she would put it on her. <laughs> I mean, mind you, I'm 37. Like, wait, did you master your mom's banana pudding? I think I could do a decent rendition. Okay. Yeah, I think I could do a decent. She turned rendition. the fan. You know, our family. Yeah. <laughs> banana pudding. Cousin Sandra's coming to any any of the gatherings. And that's always the highest. That's what we're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could do a little. I never ask my kids for gifts. Like when they're like, "Well, what do you want?" I, I don't. I'm not like, "Oh, I want this bag." You know, I don't want my kids spending money like that. Yeah. I, I would same. appreciate them to come over and just have dinner with me. But if but if you're like, no, what do you want? We're gonna buy you something. I would like something that's useful. Like like I said, I want plants for my porch. So yeah. buy me some plants or or pots and pans or something simple. Do you and, ever look at your kids and you're like, damn, I can't believe like I actually made that. Well, you know, sometimes I'm I'm in the we're we're watching movies and if all four are there and I feel like there's a lot of people and I'll look around like oh I birthed all these people <laughs> I made actually, all of these people that are actually in here and, 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 and it blows my mind sometimes that, that, that there's four four human beings walking this earth that I like <laughs> and wait until know. like grandchildren start yeah I I mean four is a good jumping off uh, point you know if you want to have a big I'm gonna absolutely love being a grandmother I know I yeah, am you'll be I know yeah. I am. Um, I'm just really big. I'm not your typical Puerto Rican mother who's just like, when are you gonna give me grandchildren? My my children are kind of like offended by that. I think sometimes it's different now. It's a different. They're offended that I'm not pushing them because they're like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even want grandkids. It's not that I don't want grandkids. It's I want my children to be established. I want them to experience life. I want them to have their, you know, their. They're shit together. Yeah. Before they bring in another human, so they don't suffer the way that I had, you know. Yeah. And so, um, I'm I really push for them to not have children in their twenties. But if they do, of course, I'm here for them. Gonna love them and help them, whatever. But I'm not that. I'm not that. Not yet. yet. When thirty rolls around and you have one, two, you know, in the thirties. That may be when that yeah. urge starts to kick in because I know for Sandy, it definitely has already kicked in. Really? Absolutely. And, you know, I kind of, and it sucks because you don't want to take away, like, this whole dream that someone has, you know? But I also have to be realistic about my life, where I am in my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. you know, the fact that I'm gay. It's something that I consciously would have to plan and do. Absolutely. Yeah. And you... In my situation, you got to really want it to make it happen. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of, lot of things. Yeah. So I don't have that passion for that. I have passion about other things, but not really for the having children. But it's kind of disappointing because, you know, I didn't, because I'm gay and because of the type of gay woman that I am, my mom didn't get a chance to experience prom. You know, yeah. and I think maybe it would have been different if she had experienced it in her life, you know, so there are certain things that it's like, I feel like I'm almost disappointing her in a way. Like we might her now. live through our children sometimes. Yeah. Right. And also when you have kids, there's an idea that you have in your mind of what they're going to be and what they're going to do. And as they get older, yeah. you develop that even more like, oh, so-and-so is definitely going to be this or that. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of yeah. sucks a little bit to, but she's totally cool about it. We've had the conversation, you know, I know that she's disappointed and also she has another kid, which is a male. So I, grandchildren will have. I don't think she's disappointed. I, I Don't put, don't put that much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Because we as parents have to come to a realization and we do, we get to it. It takes a while because we have to transition from being a parent of children to parents of adults. And, mm -hmm. and, and so our, our idea of what they should be changes and then gets, it takes us a moment. We're not disappointed in our children when they don't grow up to be who we want them to be because you're your own person. Right. And you are who you are. And you have to live your truth, your life for you, yeah. not for me. And so she's, your mom's not disappointed. You're an amazing person. You're an amazing Aww. woman. And I'm sure that, you know, She's not thinking in disappointment when it comes to whether or not you're going to have children. Or, you know yeah. I, mean? I told her to adopt somebody. She don't want that. <laughs> she wants to be the grandma. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A couple she, hours here. Right. A couple hours there. Take, a, take some pictures and send them back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I love, I love 
this. I love, I love that this is actually a little time capsule for us. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be looking back on that story for a while. I'm glad yeah. we got an opportunity to hear it yeah. and, you know, learn some stuff about my little cousins that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really good time to wrap yeah. up. What do you think? Yes, I agree, Nina. Well, there you have it. Another one in the bag, Pecans. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to share this episode with someone you think will enjoy it if you're watching from YouTube. As always, be blessed, stay spicy. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful new media production.